Well, hello there. It's another weekend update. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. That's always interesting on the weekends. But, you know, there's a lot of... It's almost like, you know, a, a, a tea kettle that's whistling. Sooner <laughs> or later, she gonna blow! Yeah. Get her off the stove. There's a lot that seems to be going on behind the scenes or under the surface. Uh, you know, we have all this stuff with Hunter Biden this past week that... The unexpected things, like they thought that rubber stamp deal was a done deal, and all of a sudden that thing exploded. We right. have um, President Trump is speaking in Erie, PA tonight. Yeah. And it's going to be a, a much-anticipated uh, speech because he's going to be talking, I would imagine, about what's happening to him legally. Well, yeah, and he says, you know, that he intends to run even if it's from behind bars and he'll rule from behind bars. Because the way they're talking, it's eminent. And now I was reading, I woke up in the middle of the night, and then you start reading news stories. <laughs> and they're, they're, and besides the indictments we hear about, they're talking about bringing up a, another indictment because of something he said that they didn't like. And I'm going like, well, there it is. The speech police, the thought police, you know, like the old yeah. police song, the dream police, you know. But, yeah, they they... They want you to listen to what they have to say and shut up. Okay, if you yeah. don't, yeah. if you don't, if you don't listen to them and talk the way they talk, well, I'm sorry, but that doesn't go with our rules. We're going to have to indict you and lock you up. I mean, this is getting old. But you know, and uh, when when are the people going to get tired of it? You don't hear a lot about this stuff, but they're they're taking some blows on the left. I mean, for example, um, I guess up in New York. This didn't get a lot of uh, news coverage, but uh, this guy Bragg had gone after uh, Melania Trump's emails. And uh, this judge, who has kind of been uh, the left's back pocket, he surprised everybody by denying the request for those emails. Um, Alvin Bragg had uh, asked for Melania's uh, her emails, and uh, you know, it's, it's part of his lawfare suit. I like that lawfare. They're using law and warfare, and they combine the two. Uh, and uh, the Supreme Court Judge Juan Merchant, who's been been said to be a Clinton supporter and uh, an Obama supporter and a guy who's loyal to the left, he said, no, you cannot have her emails. That's a step yeah. too far. You made the request too broad. So they're not talking about that much on MSNBC or CNN. You know, they're kind of keeping that hush-hush because it's another loss. In the same week, there's that loss, there's Hunter's loss. They say that uh, Joe has left for Delaware and the beaches, you know, and he should spend the next 10 days hanging around the beach while his minions do their best to make things difficult for President Trump, you know, this guy, well, this guy, this guy, Biden, you may say he's an old doddering fool, but no, he's, he's a mean old doddering fool. OK, yeah, he is an SOB. And and if you look up SOB, uh, Joe Biden's picture is there. If it's not, I think they're thinking about putting it there uh, because and 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 the devil incarnate, too, you know, because that guy is pure evil. He is rotten to the core. But, you know, and you talked about lawfare, you know, yeah, it's mm -hmm. a new term, but 
It's a new term to an age-old trick. You know, all this deception, denial, everything that you hear and see going on. How can that be? Well, it goes back to the 1700s. And I guess it was what were the Democrats then really aren't patriots. And this is from an old law that allows that kind of um, that kind of um, activity to go on mm-hmm. because they say it's all fair in politics. And that being the case, that needs to go back because it was used in the 1700s, the 1800s, being used widely now. So it's been around for a long time, which tells you that even though we sought out to build, you know, something new, and it was, you know, the new, the, the big experiment of America, corruption creeped in early on. And it's had time to fester and get bigger and bigger and bigger to what it is today. We need to go and pluck it out, change those rules, change that law, and get this crap done with. Because this is, uh, I'm not going to say the word, but BS is uh, what it falls under. You know, I got to tell you, um, I've said this many times on the show, that if they don't fix what happened in 2020, it's going to happen again in 2024. It's just logical. If yeah. if they if they had it working for them in 2020 and they stole the election and they used a version of it of it again in 2022, thus explains uh, what happened in Pennsylvania, you know, with uh, oh. with Fetterman being the senator as opposed to Doctor Oz. I mean, we had a guy who was literally mentally incapacitated made a senator in Pennsylvania. In the meantime. A world-renowned uh, cardiovascular surgeon and television personality who spoke uh, of, of common-sense things, uh, he, he lost to this, this guy who couldn't complete a sentence? Come on, folks. You know as well as I do, that's nonsense. That's and where nonsense. is Fetterman these days? I was thinking about this last night. Well, you know, they say he's we haven't be, heard from him. They say he's going to be the spokesperson for, listen to this, the depressed, the spokesperson for the depressed. Oh, come on. That's oh, what they're going to try to Well, uh, they're to going to give him, him a cause. Yes. Because if they give him a cause, Absolutely. he's empowered. He is protected then. You know, that's what all this crap is about, inclusion and protection. And, you know, every generation throughout history, they've always tried to make their mark in the sand to say, I was here. You hear people go, I want to travel to all 50 states so I can leave my footprint. As generations go, they want to leave their footprint. Hence, we have the transgender generation, the kids that say, like Dylan Mulvaney, well, you know, my mom, when I, when I contacted her, or I, I told her at four that I think I was a girl, and mom told him, no, God doesn't make mistakes. I'm going to ask you right now, go back to when you were four-year-old, you were four years old. Do you remember anything your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, or you said no. at four years of age? No, as a matter of fact, I don't remember what I said when I was 14 or 24. Exactly. Or 34 so for that this matter. is BS. This guy is, look, he, he documented on TikTok his transition into womanhood. And they said, oh, yes, he's a woman now. And he's going to go talk about being a woman. Well, he didn't actually. I thought he did, but he didn't get the transgender transformation. Mm-hmm. He got a facelift. He is not a woman. So if he believed he was a woman, 
Why didn't he go all the way unless what he was really after and this is what he was doing because during that time on TikTok when he was getting his facelift and and how to do his makeup. Did he get his perpetual smile put in place? Uh, well, unfortunately, it's all teeth. It's like a great <laughs> smile. How you dealing with me? Yeah. You know, I mean, does he smile, girl, smile like does, this? You does know? he smile everywhere he goes now? I mean, I mean, yeah, but you know, he got a million dollars in endorsements for that. And you know, the company that represents him to go out and publicly speak, yeah, he gets $40,000 for 30 minutes of work. It's all hype. He killed a company in two minutes with a video, which that was their fault. But now Budweiser is having to lay off, not, you know, five or 10 two, employees, two percent. Two percent of their employees are being laid off. I think they said three hundred and fifty employees nationally are losing their jobs. And trust me, it's going to get bigger because the boycott continues. And when you heard what I just said, mm-hmm. you know, look, I don't, if you are really a transgender, if you're a woman's right person, if you are gay, LGBTQ in any way, Dylan is. Oh, what do they call that? A poser. He is a poser. He's a phony, and he's getting rich off of your platform, and that is bogus. You know, I mean, I could sit there and say, you know what? I'm going to come up with a new identity that I'm going to stand by. If he's a transgender and entitled, then I'm a stay gender, and I'm entitled. Stay gender? I like that. Stay gender is a what? I'm, I'm not going to change anything. I'm happy with what I am. <laughs> I like that. I, think I was we assigned a male. I'm th- going to stay a male. I think I'm going to stay gender. we got to get you a beer company endorsement or something like that. Paps Blue Ribbon. Yeah, I Paps like it. Blue. Yeah, aren't they in San Antonio? Bill Knight. They started in Milwaukee. They were sold overseas. They came back. Uh-huh. They're an American beer. They're red, white, and blue. They used to be just Paps Beer. But then at a county fair, they won 1899. The I think it They was. won the Blue Ribbon, so they became... Paps Blue Ribbon Beer, and it's and not I a think, bad beer. I, th- I think you could be a terrific spokesperson. The state gender. I think gender. so, too. America's first state gender, Bill Knight. I like it. I'm it a has state a certain gender, and I drink quoi. Paps Blue Ribbon. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm proud of being um, my friends, having red, being, have, being rednecks, having white socks, and Blue Ribbon Beer. There you go. You know, speaking of beer, Bud Light <laughs> hasn't really apologized. They, have, they won't. They have come out with flags and commercials that pretend that they're all American and everybody's beer, but they still haven't come out and said, and they don't have to say it specifically. If they were just to say, you know, sometimes friends, we're friends. We're friends with our customers, and sometimes friends make a mistake. And we'd like to think that when friends make a mistake because we are Americans— we can forgive them for those mistakes. There was nothing wrong with them doing, saying, hey, we salute everybody. You know, we don't care. That, but you know, they, we don't judge. We know what they judge. did do. They got rid of the uh, marketing director, the woman, the young woman. Too who late. Came, yeah, no, she Too com- late. She comes out and she does this interview saying, well, I'm going to rip the whole company image apart and uh, make it, uh, forget this old boy beer school uh, t- uh, college thing. We're going to completely uh, turn it upside down. And she did. She did. How much uh, did they lose? Billions so far. Billions, billions in revenue. I mean, they destroyed a company. I, look, I remember going back a few years. I used to love to drink Budweiser. I don't touch it. Now, I don't really drink a lot of beers, but uh, 
Budweiser was one, and I could I was an aficionado on the brewing companies that brewed the beer. I could tell you without looking at where that beer was, like if it was from Jacksonville, Florida, mm-hmm. or if it was from Pittsburgh, Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. No, I'm talking about Budweiser. Oh, okay. Or Houston, Texas. Oh, you could tell where the or, breweries were. Yeah. yeah. Or if it was from, uh, you know, St. Louis, Missouri, I knew by the taste of the beer where it was from. I didn't like the Jacksonville beer because it was a newer brewery. Different water. The kettle hadn't fermented in, and the water was yeah. different. Houston was better, but the best was the old line original company with the water that they used. And, you know, those things ferment into that copper kettle. Yeah, right. It is. And when I went to the store, you'd sit there and see me and a buddy of mine, a, a manager of mine, we'd sit there on the weekends and we'd, uh, you know, talk about things and we'd sit there with our Budweiser's. But when we went to the store to get a case of beer, let's take a look. All right, we're good. That's Houston. Wait, wait, wait. Here's some St. Louis. Let's get the St. Louis. That was seriously you were standard. that you were that much into it. Yeah. But you know, hey. See, I was a little different. I would go into the liquor store, into the you know, whatever, and I would go over to where the beer was being sold, and I would just grab a six pack of leaf. <laughs> I mean, I would just you know, uh, uh, let's see, that's beer. Good. All right, fine. Bye. I, I had a friend one time. And uh, he got he got fired from his job, and I said, "Man, uh, that sucks, man." I said, "What are you going to do?" He goes, "I don't know. I got three dollars in my pocket, and that's all the money I got." Now he was pretty creative in getting stuff. He goes, "I got to get drunk." I'm going, "You're not going to get drunk in three dollars." <laughs> I'll be damned if he didn't come back with a six pack of beer. It was a brand I never heard of. Oh, I know. But he was so blitzed careful. about halfway through it, so I was like, "Going well, okay." You, you, <laughs> you know, know. you got to be so careful with some of those and cheap it, beers. Holy! And smoke. he had a he, he had a job on Monday after he got sober. Well, he made a few phone calls and boom, old Groggenschloss beer, the oh. only beer with the foam on the bottom. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, Interesting thing happened. Nobody's talking about this either. It's just under the radar news, so we're going to tell you about it. Um, on March, March 3rd, an illegal biolab was discovered in a believed-to-be vacant building in Reedley, California, in Fresno County. City code enforcement stumbled upon the building in December of 2022. Now, mind you, they, they, they actually went there. On March 3rd, we're finding out about this, what, end of July? Yeah, uh, I mean, someone trying to cover this up. But in March, they obtained a warrant to inspect the property. And in April, the Fresno County Department of Public Health ordered an inspection of the facility. Investigators inspected the building. Uh, in, in Okay, they, they inspected the building that uh, contained the lab in July. So, okay, I got the order wrong. They They found out about this building in March. And they didn't do the inspection until July. I don't know why it took them that long to find the building and then do the inspection. Why they didn't go right in that day is beyond me. But, you know, some bureaucrat was trying to stall something somewhere. They found a room used to make COVID-19 tests and pregnancy tests. They also found over 35 freezers and refrigeration units that contain thousands of bodily fluids, serums, tissues, and other medical items. Uh, And that goes on and on. But do you know who owned this lab that had all these diseases? The Chinese. 
Of course. It was unregistered pharmaceutical lab in Fre- in the Fresno County area in California, and they were messing around with COVID. They had other things they were working on, too. Well, uh, you know what? I got oh, a buddy out they there. Had, he listens. They had chlamydia, E. coli, streptococcus, pneumonia, hepatitis B and C, herpes 1 and 2, and rubella. All of these things were being tested in this lab. Did you hear what I said? E. coli. Streptococcus yeah. uh, pneumonia, hep- hepatitis B and C, herpes 1 and 2, and rubella. They were messing around with stuff. This was an unregistered lab. And, I mean, if they found this one. How many more are there? Exactly. exactly. And chlamydia is a sexual disease. And why are they messing with those deadly drugs and a sexual disease? Well, let's say you want something to spread really fast. You develop it, and then you spread it. You know, yeah. uh, you, you get someone to, to, to you uh, unknowingly, unwittingly, you know, this may sound a bit deep, but if you wanted to spread it, you could develop this thing, you could put it in condoms, pass well, condoms could, around to the, to, to the homeless. You know what I'm well, saying? You, yeah, you could do that, but you know what? I mean, you could just, you, you could infect a few people and... You sit there and uh, promote the 60s and the 70s again. The free love. 60s. Yeah. Free love, you know, when everybody was doing everybody. And, uh, you know, we didn't used to do that. Then we did it. And then, you know, so, uh, I don't know. My, my it, question that, is, that was Fresno. That was Reedley Township in home, Fresno. My hometown, yeah. Really? Is that, is that close to where you, uh, you grew up? Reedley? I know where Reedley is. Yeah, I know where Reedley is. Uh, I mean, it's a, singer, it sounds like an all-American you know, a uh, little town that you would never find a Chinese lab in. My question is, are they in other places around the country? Are they in, you know, Absolutely. like uh, New Bedford, Massachusetts, or uh, are they in Taunton? I mean, they are so under the radar, and this guy and his administration have allowed this. They have allowed this. You know, we talk about all of these Chinese illegals who have come across the border and nobody is talking about this. It's a fact. They found a bunch of Chinese military-aged men in, I believe, Guatemala, and they were preparing themselves for their trip into America, and they were doing a ritual. I don't understand what this ritual is all about, but it involved drinking chicken blood, raw chicken blood. Apparently it's a sign of rite of passage or something like that. And uh, they, they have they fu- been down to New Orleans because uh, yeah, that's what the uh, the Witch Queen Swamp uh, Swamp. Well, I don't know. Do drink the I, chicken blood. I don't know where they got this uh, routine from, but uh, there is. And then these people go north through Mexico and into the United States, and they're here right now. I mean, they could be down the street from where you are, and you wouldn't know. I was reading a story today about how how some some uh, business owner is complaining in some normal American town about how these illegals are not only causing problems in his business, but they're actually um, giving him trouble, personal trouble. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're not just here and being under the radar. They're being very aggressive. Yeah, aggressive under the radar. You know, you talk about the illegals here and the Chinese, and we're worried about war with them. And I guess we're actually preparing to go to war with them, too. Now, they say on a technological point of view, 
We will annihilate them. It'll be a cakewalk. And I'm going, don't get too overconfident. And one thing that the Chinese and, uh, well, you know, you got the art of war, Sun Tzu or whatever it was. Right. He wrote the book. And if you've ever read it, you can use it in business. I have that book here somewhere, too. Uh, ah, there it is. The art of war. Right. And, you know, when you read that, you know, it doesn't matter how mighty our war machine is. That's the a lot instruction of it is book. Patience and letting your opponent become off balance. And, um, and yeah, and you're going to conquer from within. You have yep. moles inside. And well, there you go. And I mean, if you get a chance, you can pick it up for five or eight bucks. The Art of War. Read it from cover to cover. There's a condensed down version, a little red book with uh, the, uh, you know, in the front it says The Art of War in English. Sun Tzu, and then on the back it has it written in Chinese. But you can apply it to your life, too. And this is a book that was written centuries ago. This was not a book that was written last year or a couple of decades ago. This is written many centuries of, ago. Many of our generals, when they've gone to military oh, training, sure. they bring this book out You know who's say, a fan of that Read book? Read the dim. President oh, Trump. Yeah. yeah. He's a fan of the book. Because he uses it in business. It tells you... How to have the high ground, what to do, how yeah. to go. If you look at his book, it was probably based off of uh, the art of war. Well, um, other things that are happening, uh, we should we should point out. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is doing oh, a terrific geez. job running for yeah, the presidency. He and uh, he's building up his following, and he's becoming a serious contender right. in the Democratic uh, arena. But the thing is, they're not happy about it in the Biden camp. So... But Robert F. Kennedy applied for Secret Service protection uh, because he's a 2024 presidential candidate. He's reached certain levels as far as the criteria to have Secret Service protection. He's passed them, supposedly. And, you know, um, he, he even said, Robert F. Kennedy, since uh, the assassination of my father in 1968, candidates for the uh, president are provided Secret Service protection. Then he says, but not me, he said. He said, Mayorkas. Now, I thought that the Secretary of the Treasury was responsible, but apparently when Homeland Security became mm -hmm. a, 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 a reality, uh, they transferred that authority over to the Director of Homeland Security. And Mayorkas, that, that fool, that lying sack of Juia, okay, uh, the guy who goes in front of Congress constantly and tells everybody that the border is secure and then smirks because he knows right. he's lying and Congress knows he's lying, but nobody does a damn thing. But this guy, Mayorkas, he's the guy who denied Robert F. Kennedy the protection. He said, no, you can't have protection. So let's let's just examine for a second what it means not to have protection. You know, when you have the Secret Service protecting you, they can do things like, oh, carry a gun on an airplane. They mm -hmm. can walk, literally walk by security at an airport, not be scanned because they are Secret Service agents and they're doing their duty. They can carry a weapon. They can they, they have they have certain uh, rules that are waived for them because of their position, because they're Secret Service. Um, another thing is cost. I, I heard this yesterday. The cost of a Secret Service, I mean, I'm sorry, of security protection for a president 
can for a candidate can be a million dollars a week. A million dollars a week. So if you're, if you're running for the presidency where every dime counts, just ask Ron DeSantis because he just laid off, uh, what, 38 of his people because mm-hmm. of uh, the cost of the of his candidacy and it's not performing like it was supposed to. Um, so, does, I mean, Robert F. Kennedy could probably afford it. He's a very wealthy man, but do you want to you want to keep putting a million dollars a week into your your protection detail? And what, well, if you do, if you want to stay alive, but you know what? Uh, I think you can actually. Can you not contract private security? Well, that's what I'm talking about. It's a million dollars. It would cost private security right. a million dollars a, a week. Okay, but could could he? Could some group out there? sit there and step forward and say, we'll protect you, you know, and they, they'd be vetted and they could protect them. You mean volunteer their protection services? Yeah, you know, you, well, the Democrats would say, it's a paramilitary group or vigilantes or this or that. But either way, there are militias out there yeah, that but are. I think, and I could be wrong, but I think there's a certain level of professionalism uh, yeah, involved in, in the protection of a, a candidate that we just don't see. The advanced people that go out and scout all of the different angles so that when a guy goes out on the podium, don't think for one second tonight when you see President Trump on the podium that his advanced people haven't gone to that venue and gone to every different mm. angle and location and made sure it was clear and and the ones they weren't confident of, uh, about they're going to have people stationed there tonight you know oh yeah and, well if you ever go to a trump rally and you see a nearby building you'll see two or three snipers up on the building um or the surrounding buildings uh they have them up there and there's one person that's just constantly surveilling and talking to all the other players that are up there watching because they are prepared to take somebody out yeah but uh, that was uh, last time I was at a Trump rally was, uh, well, the one uh, it was here in town. It was out at the airport. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there were a lot of people there and uh, it was a big crowd. And he, that he, was what I was surprised to see. But I think that it's it's cost prohibitive for a lot of people to have private security protect them. And I think to have uh, uh, volunteers, security volunteers to take care of your, your protection uh, is really playing it fast and uh, loose, uh, it's it's not um, the level of protection you're going to want as a presidential candidate. And the thing that gets me is that, you know, he's the son of, of an, an assassinated presidential candidate. And there are people out there, there are nuts out there that might think it'd be cool to carry on a tradition. Yeah, you know, it's a family tradition. Yeah, and this guy Mayorkas, by the way, this evil sob Mayorkas, he knows this. He's thought about this, and Mm -hmm. he's he's decided to hell with him. I don't care what happens to him. Just like he decided that the border isn't important. I don't care who comes into the country. My goal is to let as many in as possible flood the zone, and I'm a happy man. Forget the fact that all these people are dying from fentanyl overdoses, and that you have illegals causing problems in different cities. Forget about that. Forget that they're in Chicago holding up signs saying, we demand jobs and a better place to live. These are people who shouldn't even be in this country. They are illegals. I mean, they don't call them that anymore. They call them undocumented aliens. 
No, no. They're illegals. They are violating our laws. But yet they're here demanding stuff from us. And, you know, if Biden and the left get their way, they'll get you to pay for more stuff for these people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's not his money. It's your money. Yeah. His money is in a bank offshore. Uh, And it's really, you know, how he got that money. That's a whole different story. Bill Stevenson. Jill's ex. Oh, yes. Yes, I have a. I have a tape here. Greg Kelly had him on for an interview a couple of nights ago, and it was really good. Now, we can do a little up front here. Bill Stevenson was Jill Biden's first husband. You know? Well, she was Joe's babysitter. I've, no. Yeah. She was Joe's babysitter. Yeah. And, and and Joe had a thing for the babysitter. Now, she also helped him with his campaign, and they got very close. Now, Bill became aware that something was going on when he called for his wife and found out that she was in her vet. She had a nice Corvette, and it was in an accident. Well, who was driving? Uh, Joe was driving. <laughs> now, uh, you know, this I, is, this I, I is tend- the same guy who you look at now, see this doddering old fool. He was a slick son of a gun back then yeah and she was not a good woman she she was obviously cheating on her husband she was not good and joe you know his wife she apparently knew about it she had an automobile accident which i question sometimes Mm -hmm. as to everything about it where you know kids were hurt she had the kids in the car and she had an accident which i believe was her fault and it was like it was a deliberate accident you know she lost her life uh but I'm not I'm not accusing anything of anything. I'm just saying, look at the facts, take a look at it, back up a little bit, and you know, you're gonna smell something rotten in this story. But we fast forward now to Bill Stevenson and what he's saying. And we're back with Delaware businessman Bill Stevenson, who, yes, as we mentioned in the previous block, was married to the current first lady, Jill Biden, back in the 1970s. Now, they got divorced, and you know what led up to the divorce, but it was actually somewhat amicable. Um, But then (laughs) things got very hot for Bill Stevenson. Uh, in Delaware, hot in a bad way. Now, Bill, if you don't mind, let me take you, uh, us through this. The, the Stone Balloon is the place that you ran, an amazing kind of legendary pub in Wilmington. All kinds of great music acts uh, showed up there, uh, Bruce Springsteen and others. Now, at one point, <laughs> you got in trouble in 1982. But when people see this, <laughs> let's go through the uh, some court papers here. On April 21st, 1982, defendants were arraigned in this court for failing to make payments to the account for the first quarter of 1982. You're the defendant along with your brother. The first quarter of 1982, failing to make payment. How much money was not paid? $8,266. Now this is federal court and you were charged with a felony. And this is in April of 1982 for the first quarter. Just to review, (laughs) January, February, and March, three months make a quarter. And you were charged in April. Uh, Bill Stevenson, uh, (laughs) I've never heard of something happening quite so fast. It seems like maybe they were out to get you. You think? What do you think? Yeah. Listen, this was devastating, and I'll tell you how it happened. We went to court because Jill turned down a million dollar settlement from me. 
she was about 22, going on 23. We were only married four years at that point. We're in this vicious divorce trial. I turn around, try to make it as easy as possible for her. I give her her Corvette. I provide a townhouse for her. I did everything I could to make sure that she was happy because I still cared about her. And uh, to this day, I still care about her, to be perfectly honest, and everybody around me knows that. My, my problem is with Joe Biden. What he did was right before the divorce trial, he switches law firms to his old, old law firm, a gentleman named Melvin Monson. For three days, they bashed me. They bashed me in front of the IRS. They bashed me in front of the Department of Justice. And I said, what in the world and why is this happening? The bottom line is I won everything. I had given her quite a bit, and they ruled that her education at that point, which was her master's degree going on to the doctorate degree, that uh, she had enough. She actually owed me a, de uh, a little bit of money at the end of the court thing, which was bizarre. My lawyer stood up and said, no, we don't want it. Here's what happened. They appealed. I owned a couple houses with her. Uh, but the problem was I owned our big house and my home at the beach in my company's name. So they sued me for one of the houses. It took six years to resolve that. And this is when my problem started. In 1982, they lost the house and Jill had to come to the lawyer's office and sign off the deed of a house in downtown Newark. It wasn't even our beautiful home at Ocasso or my home at the beach that I owned corporately with friends. It was a house that was worth $35,000, $40,000, and now it's worth a fortune. But here, here is where the problem was. Frankie Biden of the Biden crime family comes up to me and he goes, give her the house or you're going to have serious problems. I looked at Frankie and I said, what are you threatening me? And uh, needless to say, about two months later, my brother and I were indicted for that tax charge for $8,200. You know, just on the so surface, it is crazy. Now, and you're hearing this. You heard it. You had a. You say you heard a threat from Frank Biden. Those dates are crazy. One week later, Delaware is a small state. Joe Biden is like the Prince of Delaware in a way, right? Very powerful. You think that he essentially ordered this? Get Bill Stevenson. I not only think it, I know it. I'll tell you right now, this is what he's using now, but we'll get to that in a minute. In 1982, my brother and I were charged for $8,200. At that point, the bar in the first 10 years of business had already grossed over $30 million and we had generated over 5 million in taxes. I could not believe the power of Joe Biden and the Department of Justice. I couldn't believe it, that I could be indicted for $8,000. Now, here's the tragedy. My brother pleaded guilty. It broke us up forever. It's just within the last month that we're talking again. It broke my heart. He pleaded guilty. He took the fall. And in the newspaper, Judge Murray Schwartz turned around in the Wilmington News Journal and said, I sentenced the wrong brother. So I knew that there was something coming for me in the future. So as we look at where we are today, Hunter Biden 
in court today. Now, granted, there was no deal. It didn't actually happen, but we anticipated it. And so far, the government has charged him with two misdemeanor counts, a five-year investigation. They come up with two misdemeanors. You, it was an eight-day investigation. They come up with a felony. This two is felonies. Two felonies. A felony for me and a felony for my brother. That's that, why it, he pleaded guilty. It, it, it is totally wild to look at these, to look at the comparison. And now, I want your thoughts on President Trump. Because it seems, actually, like you know what they did to you. I know what they're doing to President Trump. It's all been politicized. And just like they're going after him now, they went after you in the 1970s, 1980s, and perhaps beyond. Greg, I thank God that you saw a story about me that you have shown some pictures on a couple months ago. And... uh, I called you and I said, thank you for being positive. Uh, It's hard to believe what they're doing to President Trump right now. And that's why I came to you and you listened to my story. He is doing Joe Biden, our president, right? He lives two miles from me. Today, I'm two miles from the courtroom where the Hunter deal fell apart. And he is doing the exact same thing. I couldn't stand it anymore. I needed somebody just to listen to me, to tell them what happened to me because I got on the wrong side of the Biden family. After spoiling Jill for five years, I was on the wrong side of them and they have literally come after me for 35 years in a row. One little thing after another. I was charged with an $8,000 car loan on a BMW that was owned by my business that I had just sold. I mean, it's been tragic. I can't let them do this to a president that I love and respect. I can't let them do this to our country. This is why I've come forward. This is the only reason I've come forward. It's like I said, nothing about the divorce, no bitterness, but Jimmy, Frankie, and President Biden are very dangerous and it's tragic. I can't let them do this do the, what they did to me, President Trump. I can't do it. Bill, um, I know you've led quite a life, actually, and numerous businesses, and you're very entrepreneurial, and you were an athlete uh, of, of some renown nationally. Um, you've put your thoughts together in a book, in some sort of manuscript. I know you've uh, kind of had it for a while. When can people possibly read your story? We're talking about mid-September to early October. Uh, I'm not promoting the book, Greg. I'm promoting what the Bidens did to me and uh, what they're doing to our former president and what they're doing to the country. I don't even know this guy's thoughts anymore. I feel like he's a different person. You have to remember, I've known him from since 1971. And I have followed him. I've never said anything. I've never spoken out. In my first book, The Stone Balloon, the early years, I say we drifted apart. My new book is going to be called The Bidens, the early years. And I am just telling a story of facts with proof, with pictures. And I think people are going to be surprised. But really, this isn't about the book. This is about what's going on right now in this country. Today... Two miles from here, the Hunter plea deal fell apart. I was ecstatic all day. I couldn't believe it that it fell apart because you know what's happening as of today? The tide is turned. 
now everybody is hearing the story. The national news media has ignored them for years. They've let them get away with murder for years. And I'm just so glad that I'm able to tell my story. It's quite a story. Bill Stevenson, we thank you for joining us and to be continued. Many thanks, sir. All the best uh, to you and, and your wife, Linda, okay? God bless you, Greg, and God bless everybody at Newsmax. I just thank you for letting me get this out. Of course, of course. We uh, thank you. That's Greg Kelly and Bill Stevenson, the first husband of Jill Biden, and he paints a picture of a corrupt and evil crime family uh, running our administration right now, running our government. I'm sorry, Bill, I had, I had your mic off. Go ahead. Uh, I believe him, and I, uh, I, I think he needs to be careful uh, because it is an evil, corrupt family, and uh, based mm. on things I've seen and other people like Joe in the administration, um, or, you know, in close to the administration, uh, bad things happen to people that speak out against the Bidens or the Clintons or anybody or the Obamas. It just well, you know, it's you know what's happening right works. now as we speak right now. Uh, a witness who's scheduled to speak, I believe, Monday or Tuesday, Devin Archer. He was a former Hunter Biden business partner. He's supposed to speak in front of right. Congress uh, the beginning of next week. I think it's Monday. Well, he's been threatened. He he's right. been threatened, and his family has been threatened, and they're in protective custody right now, squirreled away in a private location, and they're going to be in this location until he's finished testi uh, testifying. Think I mean, about the, that. The mob would be uh, kind of in awe at what these guys are doing. You know, threatening, hey, 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 your family's not going to do too well if you don't straighten up and get in line. Joe is the same kind of guy. And you know that 8K thing? Mm -hmm. I can tell you right now, I know personally, they will not indict you over $8,000. They might garnish something of your assets or, uh, you know, go after you that way. But they're not going to do anything vehement like that unless somebody on high comes down because, you know, some, they're not going to, you know, you might sneeze at $8,000 and uh, you well, know, other people might sneeze at it. Other people won't. But the point is, it's not a big enough thing for them to go after. The other thing I'm, I'm really paying attention to, and it's got my interest, is, you know, who is really behind Biden? Because even when Biden was, quote, selling his influence, whose influence was he selling? He was selling Barack, um, Barack Obama's influence, really, because he was only the vice president, right. Biden. And that means that Barack Obama had to be in on it. Maybe the big guy they're talking about isn't Joe Biden. Maybe the big guy is Barack Obama. We don't know. But he's being protected in more ways than one. For example, this past week, his chef, personal chef, right. drowned on Martha's Vineyard. First reports, first reports came out and said uh, the Obamas were not on Martha's Vineyard at the time. And then they had to amend that. And they said, well, they were at the mansion uh, on Martha's Vineyard at the time. Then, then they had to amend that and said, well, they weren't in the house uh, on Martha's Vineyard at the time. They were in town. Now, if you've been to Martha's Vineyard, you can spit from one end of the island to the other. 
I mean, you can be in Vineyard Haven and get to Edgartown in about uh, 15 minutes. It's not a big island. So if they weren't in the house, they were in town, they make it sound like they drove into New York. No, if they went to Edgartown, it was a hop, skip, and a jump. They could have been there in ten min- five minutes from their house. Um, they also said that uh, this guy was out, Campbell was out uh, paddleboarding on a pond by himself. Hmm. Then they had to amend that and say, wait a second, he was out with some other guy. Then they said uh, the phone call came from the Obama mansion. Then they had to amend that and said, well, no, actually it came from the landing where they launched the paddleboard. And then they had to say, amend it and say, not only did it come from the landing, but it came from a woman. They don't identify the woman. They don't say who it was, but it was a woman who called the police. And they said that the guy who was out paddleboarding with Campbell just wasn't fast enough to get to him before he drowned. You know, you would think that the very least this guy would have grabbed hold of the paddleboard. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, and use it as a float. Um, maybe he couldn't reach it. Maybe he had fallen too far away. I don't know. But then a witness said they they pointed out exactly where this guy went under. And by the way, they said this guy was struggling to stay afloat like he was being pulled under, and he had no control. That's what they said. So the police went out there. They went diving for him. It's 12 feet of water, maybe 8 to 12 feet of water. They said uh, it should have taken five minutes to find the body. It took them hours to find the body. And so all I'm saying, folks, is the, the story doesn't jive. A lot of it seems to be contrived. Uh, I think we're being jerked around again. Uh, there's something going on here that we don't know about. You know, this is the second chef, personal chef, to die. I'm just saying, you know, I... I, I, I don't forgot. burn the souffle in the, the Obama mansion, I guess. I don't know. I, I guess so. I guess so. Whew, um, boy. But this guy, he seemed like a nice guy, a handsome guy. He seemed like he was a, a good cook, had great credentials. Uh, but, you know, he was the personal chef, which means that he was around the Obamas. Their, oh, he, but, he was in their personal life. What did he yeah, see? Maybe, I don't know. Maybe Obama was up paddleboarding with him. That's what I was thinking. Maybe Michelle was the one who called the police. I'm just saying. And maybe Obama couldn't save him. And what's wrong with that? Unless there was something else going on. And then uh, all that, bets are off. Know. Yep. Yep. All bets are off. And uh, don't ask me. Well, anyway, I, I don't think we're being told. This. Oh, the other thing I should point out is on the police log of of calls that they had to go to during the course of the day, they would list the call and the, the time, and they would list where, where it happened, and they would list what happened, like, you know, car accident or uh, break-in or whatever. But in this incident, they left that part blank. So on the whole sheet of incidents for that day, everything's filled in except for the one section that describes what happened on that call, and they didn't fill it in. So hmm. who are they hiding? What are they hiding? Why can't they be straight with us? Every part of this story has been massaged, you know? 
it, uh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe it's a simple case of the guy went out and drowned, and that's that. But then again, maybe it isn't. And I, I got to tell you this much, if it happened at your house or my house, the investigation would be a lot more, uh, you know, a lot more detailed. They would be all Absolutely. Over so. Absolutely. Also, um, you see where the Senate Republicans have introduced a measure that would forbid the flying of any flag except the American flag over government buildings. Only one Democrat voted for it, and it missed passage by just one, one vote. So they have a bill that says the only flag that can be, that can be flown on an American government building is an American flag, which makes total sense to us because we're kind of rational people. And yeah. most of the Democrats said, nah, we're not, we're not in favor of that because we like having pride uh, flags on the White House. And we so like- could you fly a Chinese flag up there? You sure could. Let's do it. You could do a Maybe Chi- that'll wake America up. You could do a Chinese flag, you can do a Canadian flag, you can do a Russian flag, a Lithuanian. I think hey, we ought to I think you, we you, ought to go ahead and run up the Chinese flag and the Russian flag right along with maybe even above the American well, flag and maybe well, America will wake up and kick some ass. Well, has your organization uh, got a new uh, flag yet? Have you designed a flag for your uh, New gender? Uh, what was that? Uh, my stage gender, yeah. Stage the, gender. The stage gender. Are you going to well, have a stage gender know. flag? I don't know, but, uh, you know, I, th- I think we should have a flag. I think and so, And I too. think if anybody wants to be uh, join the stage gender, you can be man or woman. That's right. You know, it doesn't matter. You're a stage gender, you know, and, and the, you should contact us. That's exactly right. As a matter right. of fact, we'll, we'll hold votes. I'm a stage and, gender, uh, Bill. Yeah, well, there you go. I'm a, we, so there's two. There's, well, see, we have two members now, and we are growing. Damn it! <laughs> by the we're going to get big by the Real second. Big. By the second, amazing. You see, where federal authorities are expressing high skepticism over a firm's nearly billion-dollar land acquisition near Travis Air Force Base. Um, they this this is mind-boggling. Okay, Travis Air Force Base, a very uh, secure government mm-hmm. Air Force Base, uh, and it's out in California, and what's happened is this private company bought up this land all around. And by the way, the land isn't terribly valuable on face value. It's kind of like uh, desolate. Uh, it's not like you're going to build any uh, tracts of homes there, right? But they spent over a billion dollars buying this property. And then after they did this, all, it, it sort of came to the attention of the government like, hey, wait a second. We have new owners, new neighbors. What's what's going on here? You would think that they would be on top of who's next door. Well, you know, twenty four seven, right? Maybe there ought to be a, an amendment that's passed that any land that is adjacent to or near federal government property, if it goes for sale, the ownership of uh, whoever buys it has to be properly vetted. And yes, if they say no. Guess what? They don't get it's a no chance. deal. That's exactly what should happen. You would have thought that would have been the logical thing 30 years ago, 50 years ago. Apparently it's not. Apparently it's not. Amazing. So there's nothing sacred in this country. Nope. Also, um, the Wagner forces, the, uh, you know, that, uh, that group of, uh, with the, I think the Azov battalion is part of it. Uh, the yeah. Wagner is that mercenary group. 
of of uh, Ukrainian soldiers who remember when they were they for a while they were going towards Moscow and they were afraid yeah, that they yeah, were going to yeah. attack Moscow and then they stopped and they came to some resolution and they stopped. Now apparently they're uh, they're amassing along the uh, the border to Poland. And it looks like they're preparing to go to war with NATO countries because, you know, Poland has sent troops to their border and it's gotten the Russians all. I mean, it is a mess. You know, the thing is, there is so much going on in that area. This this you know, there's going to be an accident. Somebody's going to do something by mistake and start World War Three because these bloody fools want a war. I mean, it's as simple as that. If Biden and his cronies in Washington wanted to stop what's happening in the Ukraine, they could stop it. They could have everybody sit down for peace talks and probably settle this thing. But they want turmoil. They want a war. So while you and I are are living our lives under the Damocles sword of uh, World War III— Biden is sitting on the beach, soaking up the rays for the next 10 days, perfectly aware of what he's done, and he doesn't care. And he expects you to vote for him again. By the way, I have another story. I'm not going to play it. I, I, uh, yeah, I was going to say we're running tight in time, probably. Oliver Stone, yeah. uh, the director, uh, he's done a bunch of interesting movies. He did that movie JFK, which had mm-hmm. a lot of people talking. A lot of people said it was nonsense, but... He said some things there that I think were true. Um, Oliver Stone has come out in an interview and said, I think the interview was with uh, uh, Russell Brand. And he said, you know, I made a mistake. I voted for Biden. I made a mistake. This is Oliver Stone. This is a notorious Hollywood liberal. Uh, He said, Biden's killing our country. Killing our country. I made a mistake. Uh, Maybe I'll play it on Monday if I can find it. Sure. Um, Also, um, anything else? Oh, President Trump speaks tonight in Erie, Pennsylvania. This will be an important speech because he's going to be talking for the first time, essentially. I mean, he spoke last night uh, at some dinner, uh, I guess in Iowa. uh, But the rally is going to be a chance for him to let his hair hang down and uh, really say what he feels. And I think it's going to be uh, an interesting speech. an interesting speech. We'll just leave it at that. And don't be surprised if today, this weekend, sometime, or Monday, they don't decide to go ahead and arrest Trump because they keep threatening it and waving it in the wind. You know, so it's time for them to sit there and show their true colors so America can show their true colors. Because I don't think that, uh, I don't think people are going to put up with it, at least not for long. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, uh, if you would do us a favor, we'd appreciate it. If you want to contact us, our phone number, 833-538-7868. Tell your friends about the show, please. Spread the word. We're, we're growing in leaps and bounds. And, of course, now that we have a, a, a new movement, the stage gender. Oh, yeah, stage gender. Yeah, yeah that's stage, very important. That's, Join the movement. That's right. You be, be a stage gender. You're wondering what a stage gender is? You, one more time, but what is a stage gender? Is somebody stage who stage gender means I'm just staying put. I'm not going to do anything. I like the way God made me. I'm a man. I like that. And if you're a man or a woman, stage gender. 
Stay what you are. Like Stay you. the course. Stay the road. Oh, he's getting Stay into it. Stay the gender. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and drink Pabst Blue Ribbon beer. I don't Because <laughs> it's the only beer that I think anymore that's American. I don't know. Anyway, uh, you have our email address. You want to spread that around too? Mail at itsanotherday.com. It's mail at itsanotherday.com. Thank you very much. I think we have done it for the day. I think we've uh, we've just about run out of road here. But with a little bit of luck, we'll do it again on Monday. We should also point out that we're going to be taking some time next week, some personal time, because, yes, I mean, if are. Congress can go out for a month, and we can't. We can't do. Not a have, month, though. We'll be running some. No, we'll be gone for a few days. Well, uh, we'll be running. I'd miss everyone. You know. That's I it's true. He starts to cry and gets very weepy. I, do. I get uh, very emotional yes. for a big six foot two guy. That's not good. <laughs> I know, but uh, we will be doing some best of programs. Uh, we're not going to leave you in the lurch. We're going to keep you give you some stuff to uh, listen to it while we're away. But we'll be back. Uh, in the saddle again on uh, Tuesday. But we're not going right away. We're going to be back on Monday. We'll, we'll be back this Tuesday. Uh, I think we'll do a show on Wednesday. And then we'll be gone yeah, Thursday, well, yeah. Friday, and Monday. And there'll be no yeah. uh, weekend update. But we'll have best of out there. So, And then we'll be back in the saddle, saddle again. again. Out where yeah. the rest of the friend. Yeah, 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 Who sang that? Was that uh, Gene Autry? Uh, that's what it? it was. Yes, that's that's it. Right. You used to always go into a pizza place that I love to uh, have pizza out and drink a beer, and all these people be you know real tight butt people. And I'd sit there and go, "Got a quarter? Yeah, I'm back in the saddle." I'm back in the saddle again. I'd go drink my beer uh, with my friends, <laughs> and we'd laugh. <laughs> Hey, anyway, uh, it's time for you to uh, to end with your normal but uh, always interesting ending. Are you that, ready? That 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 thing. The I do. yeah. The uh, I'm not original with it. No, you know, no. I wasn't the first guy to do it. To do the ending you're doing. Well, I mean, you do no, it so no. well, though. It's right. uh, it's you. I think it's uniquely you. Uh, and All by right, the way, so. Bill is a stage gender. I just want to put that one more time. Yeah, I am a stage gender. I'm not changing anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, except my underwear. All right, Once that's good to hear. Yeah, right, just say out, goodbye, will you? Just say goodbye. Hasta la vista, baby! We're out of here! <laughs>